Trendy is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to another edition of Trendy, presented by Omaha, the show where we like to compete while exploring the best ways to wager for casual cappers. And, and Eddie, we are absolutely casual cappers after the bloodbath on Monday. I took a goose egg after bragging nonstop about my performance last week, and you hit on the only bet that we gave out that was in like that minus 130, minus 140 uh, range, played it safe, and that was the only one that came through. You were up 1.7 to zero. We have got to do better today. Day, buddy yeah that was uh pretty bad to watch i think so i my trend has been rushing uh overs for quarterbacks and that one is what hit for justin fields the the uh jordan addison one that was bothering me because he did get a lot of targets through a brutal game for like i mean josh Dobbs was, was so bad there was jokes on twitter like let's bench him again trade him to another team so that magic <laughs> comes back because four interceptions oh my geez so uh seeing the 10 targets i believe it was for addison only getting like a, a you know was like four or five catches for like very little yards uh that was a brutal one and then the most shocking one to me by far was the spanking the Columbus Blue Jackets put on the uh, Boston Bruins. I did not expect that yeah. one. I said, I tweeted out, I said the Bruins should win this game by three goals. They lost by like three goals. Um, I mean, a team with full of talent, President's Cup winner, Vezina Trophy winner, like, and then versus a team that's like bottom of the barrel. Um, bad day in gambling, but today will be a lot better. Bad day in hockey. I mean, I needed the Caps to come through with just a win. They lose to 2-1. I followed you down the Bruins rabbit hole, but we'll climb back up today. I'm I'm not giving up on Eddie Spaghetti hockey picks. I am still a firm believer. But Eddie, before we dive into those hockey picks, I want to uh, dig a little bit more on a conversation we had on Monday around the difficulties or whatever you want to say facing the college football committee and how do you winnow this down from you know eight, nine, ten teams, whatever that might have a claim down to four. And I've had an idea for 20 years now of why how this would be completely unnecessary. I brought it up once. I think it was at our live show last year, but doing a live show with nine of us on the stage, like I was instantly talked over, I'm sure, by Hencher Damashek. So now that I have a clean mic and you here, I wanted to talk a little bit more about it. As uh, I think probably most of you know who are listening to me, soccer is one of my things that I love the most. I host Covered in Glory here on the network. And the thing that makes soccer the most glorious organized sport in all of the professions is promotion and relegation. And if you look at the United States landscape, there is only one organization that can actually do promotion and relegation. The enterprise values of these uh, franchisers are wildly too high. The infrastructure has been in place for 100 years. There's no way the NFL, the uh, NBA, MLB, NHL, none of those are ever doing promotion and relegation because it would require the people that are the haves to vote against their own interest. Like you're not getting 24 owners who currently own $5 billion teams to suddenly have, you know, relegation in the NBA. Like it's just not happening. But college, Eddie, college is the one place not only it could happen, it should happen. So my heart was warmed when I finally heard somebody talking about this. I believe it was maybe the Mountain West or somebody brought it up uh, as a reason to explore uh, earlier this fall, because literally for 20 years, I've been talking about this nonstop of how it is 
a organization full of allegedly educational institutions that have these highly desirable uh, ravenous fan bases that have this massive like D2, D3 structure that's already in place. And it's only the uh, top of the cream, you know, right there at the top of the D1 that might not go for this, like your Alabamas and Georgias of the world. But when you overlay, and I'm sorry, this is getting long. When you overlay the commercial opportunity, the beauty of promotion and relegation is it will require me to care just as much about a cold, rainy day in Stoke uh, that's played in, in May as I do about, you know, say like a Manchester City and Chelsea game that's for fourth or fifth. And so when you look at the ratings bonanza that could come from making every single game have real consequences, not just the ones that have national title implications, but, you know, when Vanderbilt is playing uh, Tennessee in October, and that matters just as much to the future of those programs, when you can throw all that in, the money would be outrageous of what that would mean to media rights. So even if it is for profit, or, I'm sorry, for educational opportunities, there's a real chance for profit, and there's more that should vote for it than vote against it. So when you hear me say all those words in that order, Eddie, as a massive college sports fan, do you immediately bristle at it? You say, oh, that's stupid. It'll never happen. Or is this something like the NBA tourney where we're going to have to bring it up once every six months for 15 years? And then eventually maybe somebody will uh, listen. and It'll be the best thing that ever happened to the sport. The only reason why, I mean, I like the idea of relegation in theory, but the only reason why I'm against it right now for college football is because the amount of changes college football is going through currently. Like maybe we had this conversation X amount of years ago when it was still the BCS and it was still the same old, same old winning and there was no NIL and the conferences that we you know knew for years and years and years were still in place. But like we're losing conferences. It's going to end up being more of like an NFL style, probably like just two giant conferences. Eventually, it'll be the SEC and the Big Ten. Buddy, you're you're, you're making my point for no, but me. I, like, but in, but in, in I, a time I of turmoil, in a time of turmoil, this is the exact time to do it because you're right. We are heading to the Big Ten and the SEC, like AFC, NFC. But so many teams are getting left out right now, which is why if you try to force a vote, I guess the SEC might stand against it. But otherwise, like it should be for like, let's put the other sports aside. Let's put basketball aside, every other college sport aside. Shouldn't it just be four 16 team conferences that each have two divisions and oh, then no. each division head plays one, you know, plays a conference championship and all four of those make the national championship tournament. Oh no, I'm, I am vehemently against that. I love wow. the whole I love the conferences because that's why college is better than pro football is the rivalries. I love that it was a regional thing versus a regional thing. And it, I, I hate that the Pac-12 was gone. I hate that the SEC and the Big Ten will become these uh, super conferences. I hate but that the Big on. 12 was hold, gone. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. L listen to the idea all the way through. Bring the Pac-12 back. Like, make it one of the four conferences. Yeah, but that's not going to happen anymore. Conferences. These four conferences have the same teams in them each and every year. Organize them as regionally as you can. Like what's happened to the sport is a mess. There's no reason Rutgers and uh, USC should be flying to each other or playing these games. Like we need to blow it up right now to get back to the very thing that you love. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I also feel like it's it's on like this year, um, you know, JMU, James Madison was undefeated for a time and they even hosted college game. Day. They're not a very good team. Like they proved that they could do it. I believe right now Liberty's ranked twenty fourth. Like not a school people know for football, but like the little guys do find ways. I mean, New Mexico State was paid almost two uh, two million dollars to fly into Auburn, and they beat Auburn. And uh, like I, I just think it is possible now in the age of the NIL where you could get guys in there. Um, we saw what happened with you know Dion going from um, you know Jackson State to having the best September of all time. I know they kind of fizzled out, but you know like there are sometimes like you do get this. 
uh, you know, jolt into a program. So getting rid of schools uh, for poor performance, especially in the age where I think we're now getting closer to where the the you, the usual suspects aren't going to be far and away better because of the change in conferences, because of the NILs. I think it, it will get more even as time goes on, especially with expanding the playoffs, more opportunities, more money. Um, kicking schools out is not something I'm, I'm a fan of because it's mostly not even up to them. It's not the program's fault. It is pretty much the fault of the school itself where because they don't want to allocate the resources to that program and you know what have you. So um, I think in college, it's a little it's it's tougher. Well, you're not giving them the death penalty. You're not giving them the death penalty. It's not like they never get to play football again. Even if they drop down to the second tier of the SEC instead of playing in the first tier of the SEC, they can play their way right back in the very next year. Like, this is the whole beauty of it. If you want to talk about college programs having a reason to allocate funds directly to these programs that you want to support, well, the economics of dropping down would give them reason to invest to make sure that doesn't happen. I think you would actually see this money reinvested in a, a more equanimous way. I, I definitely don't think they do. I think the you get you you'd get demoted it's just like well we're no longer a football school like the beauty of college is when you have the bad sec team takes down the georgia or the alabama that's what you like to see you want to see the upsets when the, when they're already getting beat up mostly you know year in and year out and then they get demoted then the school has every right to go okay well we don't have to put any money towards that anymore because we're not that good we're on the level of those schools and then that's going to be that and then, then they'll no longer be a football school i mean notre dame is a massive obviously one of the biggest programs in college history and they have problems allocating money towards their the, like their ad they always say their school first like if that school is doing it then i think other schools you know a directional state school well 100 they would just fold I, I don't think it'll be the same kind of passion or drive that other schools have because we don't want that gap to get bigger i like that these schools are involved because they do play giant killer from time to time that's what makes it fun yeah i, I don't know what you're preserving like if Vanderbilt dropped out of the second division and they said, we want to focus on academics, we're not a football school, the good riddance. Like you're not a football school now, but you're taking up a valuable spot on Auburn's schedule and Alabama's but, schedule. Like bring in somebody who wants to compete. Bring in a Liberty. Bring in a James Madison. Bring in teams that can earn their way forward because they really want to compete. And then you have uh, a way for all the I, games I, to really matter and for it to be more competitive. I think that just makes the better teams more powerful. If you're getting rid of schools that are actually massive schools that are actually trying and they're just not ever going to get on that level because of recruiting recruiting and all that stuff. If you get rid of them, there's no way a, t a team below a Vanderbilt's going to all of a sudden rise up and start beating those teams consistently. You're just, you're just empowering the top teams that are always there. Um, it's not a perfect system, but I think it's better than the alternative right now. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't see what the alternative is to what you just said, like Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Michigan, uh, USC, I guess Clemson has fallen off, but like we see the same four Ohio state, we see the same four five, six programs at the top every single year now. And so like, I can make the argument that that college football is far less compelling because it's so predictable at this moment. And what I'm saying is let's introduce a reason to compete throughout the entire league. So if like your argument is like, you're just going to increase the gap. The gap is massive and the gap has existed for 20, 30 years consistently. But we're going to get now eight to 12 teams in it, which is going to create more chaos, more drama come playoff time. And plus this year, I mean, I know these teams aren't, you know, unheard of, but Washington, Oregon, Texas being involved, Florida State being involved. I know Florida State won a couple of years back with Jameis, but it does shift more so. And I think if we expand it to eight to 12 teams, then you will get those upsets and you will have a Penn State national title. You will have a, uh, a Washington national title from time to time, which is what I'm excited for. I just don't see, I don't think it's going to work as smoothly as you think, where if you kick out the low 
lower level, the mid to lower level teams, a team won't rise and be at that level. They're they're going to be way below that. And I think it just makes the other teams stronger. So I, I think the best case for college football is just to sit patiently, wait until the uh, playoff gets expanded. Uh, we'll see what happens with these different changes in the conferences. And I do think the NILs kind of level the playing field because guys do want to look now for opportunities to play. So these big time quarterbacks or offensive players or whatever they are, they're go, all right, I don't want to sit in the bench under Nick Saban. I want to go play for, you know, school X and then I go get paid there. So I think we're tracking towards a more competitive time in college football. Yeah. I think the NIL makes it even more reason they should do it because then the players would have the power to transfer and it would be interesting. It's just like the transfer market is in international soccer right now. And I know you don't follow that sport all that uh, much, but what I'm proposing makes the entire thing far more interesting than even going from like four to eight teams to 12 teams. And in terms of like randomizing national titles, like, Okay, maybe that'll happen, but I'm willing to bet that six of the 12 slots are going to go to the exact same teams every single year. And if you don't ever give the the other rest of the world reasons to really invest, then they're just not going to do it. And so like what I'm proposing, like, okay, say, uh, let's take Holy Cross for a second, right? Like, you know, the Simmonses of the world and the other powerful boosters of the world, they have all the means to support those programs they uh, right now, but they don't because to what end? Like they're not going to ever like, you know, beat Alabama or whatever it is but if you give them a new goal of now you get to be in uh whatever the the big east first division and you get to stay up year after year and then that requires investment that that gives a lot more interest in the program and a lot more attention and things like that it's you can get excited about things other than winning the national championship and whatever there is 131 fbs schools 120 of them right now from the moment they hit two a days in august they don't really have a chance to win it I I just like a school like Holy Cross like I then if there's no path to win a national title all you're doing with relegation is scaring the crap out of them being like if you don't win X amount of games you're out of here. But it's not relegation it's promotion Eddie it's promotion like Leicester won the Premier League 7 years ago they went down last year they didn't fold up they didn't like they they no longer play soccer every weekend like they got a wake up call now they're reinvesting they'll come back up and they'll become competitive again it just makes it and makes the incentives throughout the entire structure so much better than what we're watching right now i don't think we're watching a bad product i also don't think the incentive I, I think you're taking a leap if you think schools will go, well, we're going to get relegated, so we have to pump more money into football. I don't think that's how schools operate. It's a way different thing than a soccer team uh, overseas. I, I think that schools are going to go, we're going to save money on the football program since we're never going to win anyway. So what's the difference if we have, you know, three wins or five wins or six wins? Like, you know, schools, uh, if you want to, like the only thing I can think of is like maybe if you become bowl eligible or something like that, where you get some sort of uh, extra incentive. But outside of that, I don't see, there's no reason if schools know they're consistently not making the mark, they're just going to be like, all right, well, we're not good at this football thing. We're going to fold. And I think you'll, you'll see more fold like programs folding than you will, or programs fading away to oblivion. than you will see like see teams going, well, we got to put more money in and start winning. Like, I just don't see a, a scenario where, uh, you know, a Colorado state is going to start, you know, uh, winning national titles because of this relegation. All right. So let's keep preserving the status quo where these teams aren't investing, to your point earlier. They're saying they're going to allocate money elsewhere. They're taking up valuable schedule slots. They're putting a crap product of, of between two crap teams 
on my television I don't, I don't on a Saturday that. afternoon that no one cares about because there's no stakes and that six teams really have a realistic chance to win and that they're all forming into two conferences that are obliterating the entire regional basis of the sport, eroding fan support and ruining the very good thing that we had in the first place. Let's definitely preserve all that. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that. I think uh, this year we're going to we're going to see either a Bo Nix team or a Michael Penix team in the playoff, which means like those are guys that had they started their careers elsewhere, Auburn and Indiana. We don't see them playing that national title games every single year. We're going to see a year without Nick Saban's Alabama team in the playoff. So I think that's great. I think George is very beatable. We don't have Ohio state in the final four. So again, like there's a lot more changes than you're saying. I think if you like say, I mean, you also have to remember too, like if you go a couple of years back pre Dabo, Clemson was irrelevant. Clemson was never in the conversation. So there's more changes in college football and who's good or who's not than you realize. And I, th- I, like I said before, I think the NIL and the changes in conference is doing more than enough of that to, you know, kind of level the playing field. And I, I think we will start seeing more teams pop up year in year out that we don't like normally would see because they're getting players in there who want to play instead of waiting on a bench to hopefully get their shot to play one year college football and then go pro. So uh, I think right now where college football is, as long as they expand to a minimum of eight teams, I think we're in a good spot. Maybe I completely disagree, but that's what makes this fun. Uh, before I, I, I can talk about this for two hours because uh, I've been thinking about it for so long. So I'll go ahead and pull the plug there and just conclude with you're wrong and I'm right. Let's go ahead, give Caesar some love and get to, start, get to our picks. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org michigan call 1-800-270-7117 illinois maryland new jersey tennessee virginia west virginia ohio pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or west virginia 1-800-GAMBLER.net new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Eddie, here's something that is far less contentious, I imagine, which is your hockey picks. What I all I will almost certainly agree with all of them. Uh, you have as small and pathetic as it is. You have the lead right now at one point seven two zero. So you have the honors. Go ahead and lead off with our heart pick. So my uh, my heart pick here, just from being, you know watching this team play the last few weeks, watching how he's played the last few weeks, uh, big big dominant wins, great big passing numbers. I'm buying into this team completely, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. They are playing on TNF, and I'm taking here a uh, a little fun parlay: Dak over one and a half touchdown passes, and Dak over 279 and a half passing yards. That's plus 136 here. I mean, we saw what they did on Thanksgiving. We see the the gaudy numbers Daxon putting up lately with 300. 300, 404, 331 passing yards. Um, the offense is being well, it's well-rounded now. I think a big thing was Tony Pollard getting involved, Tony Pollard scoring. It just makes life easier for Dak. He's getting Brandon Cooks involved. Obviously, Jake Ferguson's involved. We all know C.D. Lamb. Uh, his passing touchdown numbers the last few games, four, three, four, four. So it's like he's really coming into what I think is he should be involved in the MVP race, which is something we did talk about on waiver Wired. Um a lot of pressure being Dallas Cowboys quarterback and Dak Prescott right now is, as you know, scoring a pluses on all his tests. And I know he's a, he's a new dad. So maybe that's helping him. I think the curse of not having Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones allowing uh, Jimmy Johnson into the ring of honor. I think that monkey's kind of off their back. So uh, things are pretty good right now in Dallas. And I do see an easy win for the Cowboys, but uh, first bet the heart here. I like Dak going over this. Uh, this offense is really scary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as the host of Waiver Wire, I'd love to tell you that Dak is my fantasy quarterback right now and is really racking it up for me. It's great. So it's been great uh, to see him. And, of course, I'm supporting your bet here, even though I'm not tailing it as I'm holding that one for later. Uh, I am also playing on my heart pick in the Cowboys are hot. Uh, and I'm just going to go on the other side of the ball, though. So I'm going to go Geno Smith over 0.5 INTs plus over nine and a half rushing yards, putting this together, you get plus 215. And I am playing a lot of parlays today because I am chasing, I will admit it up front. Uh, but this uh, is also all about the Cowboys defense heating up quarterbacks. They picked quarterbacks in eight out of the last 11 games. They gave up nine plus rushing yards because their pass rush tends to flush quarterbacks out and make them improvise and scramble. They've done that eight out of 11. Those two stats have overlapped in six out of 11. So it feels like you're getting great value at plus 215 on something that could be a lot closer to even odds. Uh, 
uh, and farther away from two to one. Especially then you add in the Thursday sloppiness, the Seahawks likely being forced to chase in this game, upping the um, the riskiness of the throws that Gino's going to make and allowing the Cowboys pass rush to pin their back, ears back even more. And plus Gino regressing to the mean a little bit. All put it together, plus 215 seems like a great number. It's an easy tale for me. Um, uh, we talked about this on waiver wire as well with, you know, that Vegas expects, you know, something to throw an interception. Plus you have, you're throwing to a, a defense that has drawn bland. Who's five returns for touchdowns, which is an insane style. I mean, like more touchdowns in certain quarterbacks, more touchdowns, in the entire uh, yeah. Kansas city chiefs <laughs> receiving core. Like, I don't think we're appreciating what he's doing enough and, and to tie that in with the rushing yards. And I've said this on this show and I've said this on minus three as well. I just think Vegas is putting the number, the rushing total numbers for quarterbacks a little bit low. Um, and I've hit on bets. I, I totally expect this, you know, Smith one to hit because I, I do think he'll be scrambling. They'll be in a negative game scripts. They'll be throwing the ball more, which means that if somebody's not open, he will have to use his legs. Um, but like a uh, Justin Herbert, a Sam Howell, a Tua, I, mean, I we talked about, I hit on the Justin Fields when a lot of these guys, it's like the number is low where all you need is a scramble or two and you'll clear that Patrick Holmes is another one. So, um, um, maybe with the herds and the field, the number gets a little high, but um, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL who do run from time to time, to me, the number is pretty low always. So love that number. Love this parlay. Easy tail for me. I, I agree on all those bets. I know it's a little hot take, you know, I don't want Brett to break this out, but given his instinct for the ball and his quality of his hands, would Bland be the second or third best receiver on Kansas City? I, I mean, I, I, honestly, without, I mean, Rasheed Rice kind of had a solid game, but did have a drop. Um, that has been his problem. I mean, yeah, it seems that way. They always make the jokes that you're a DB for a reason because you can't catch. Like, this guy actually can catch. Not look at he catch. Again, like, five interceptions alone is great. Five interceptions returned to the house is nuts. And again, we're not talking about this enough, but uh, that guy, I mean, he should win Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. All right. What do you got for the head pick, pal? So uh, my head pick here, um, another simple one. I kind of teased it. I'm going Dallas Cowboys uh, laying the nine points. It's minus 110. Um, why it's the head pick? It's because the I see the Dallas Cowboys be a very good team. And I think we've kind of, uh, everyone now is like, oh, NFC, you know, Eagles, uh, 49ers, whoever wins that game is the best team. But I think seeing how the Eagles play a lot of games tight, like they, they may not be as strong as they were last year. Still think they're a very good team. But um, and I do think with this Cowboys team that has another game upcoming versus the Eagles and they played the first one tight, I think we'll kind of change our tune and what we think about the Cowboys. The Seahawks, you know, we thought could make some noise in the NFC West had potentially had a, a path to uh, leapfrog the Niners when they were on their little skid there. But uh, that's seemingly gone away. So I just think right now with this uh, DAC offense running so smoothly, he's just spreading the ball around. I mentioned Tony Pollard being able to score and that defense like they they force turnovers. They still have the edge rusher and Micah Parsons. Um, the, a lot of injuries on the Seahawks side. TNF, the games always seem to be out of hand early. So I just see Dallas winning this game. They are at home. I see Dallas winning this game um, by 10 points at the very least. So laying the nine is not a, not a concern for me. I know it's a relatively big number, but I just do think Dallas is for real. Uh, I don't think they're a top three team in the NFC. They may be a top three team in the NFL. I think when, when yeah. things are all said and done, I really am tracking towards them for a potential Super Bowl uh, appearance. And it worked out well for you, the tournament of the champions, like they covered a massive number against the commanders on mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. And I was a little scared away because it was such a big number, but you and Damashek both hammered it and you, you, you undershot it given how bad the commanders looked in that game. 
Uh, so, Eddie, I am taking advantage of having your expertise here on the show, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this one, as I love doing hockey head pits since it naturally removes all of my biases and just allows me to follow numbers. So I thought a lot about what you said about the Blue, Jacks, Blue Jackets maybe being the worst team in the league, and while they shocked mm-hmm. us with the Bruins on Monday, it seems to make it even more likely they'll come back to earth tonight. So I looked at all their player prop unders, and I found Patrick Lane under .5 on power play goals, which seems like a great way to lean into the fade is it not only requires Patrick Lane, who only has five points on the season to contribute, it requires him to do it in a very specific way. He has only one power play point on the season and it came last game against the Bruins. So I like my odds. He will not do it back to back. And then I needed something to pair it with. So on the other side, it seems dangerous to fade one of the great goal scorers of all time. But Ovechkin only has two power play points this entire season, and they are both uh, back in October, leaving him off this section of the score sheet in 11 straight contests. I wonder if the name value is creating you know, some additional betting value here. And I don't know if back-to-backs are as big a thing in hockey, but he is coming off one in a very old age. Um, so getting plus money on two events that seem both to happen 85 to 90% of the time seems like a great way to go. Put it all together. Uh, Patrick Lane and Alex Ovechkin, both under 0.5 PowerPoint plays, get you plus 117. Yeah, so, uh, well, first thing, I'll, I'll just correct you because in case any hockey fans come in here going, it's Patrick Line. Um, so oh, he, thanks. Line A, um, great call on him with the under because he is a star player for them. He's been a great player in the league, one of the best wrist shots in the league, was actually a healthy scratch last week and had to have this whole media thing and answer questions why he was a healthy scratch and the team did kind of jolt underneath him. So um, that makes a ton of sense with the under. The the Ovechkin one does scare me in a sense because, you know, obviously if they get in the power play, he's just waiting that left circle to slap one home. But the difference is, obviously, he's getting older. He's getting older, not a lot of talent around him to help him in Washington. While they've had a pretty good surprising season um just not a lot of talent to help him and he's he's not at the point of his career where he could carry a team anymore again this guy is close to 40 years old so he does a lot of things very well but for him to create like shots himself and it's not really his game anymore he's going to wait for you to set him up um so i i do like that if it wasn't for the home run hit with the uh the seahawks um prop bets there um i i would have definitely taken this i like this is a smart move all right. Thank you. I apologize to Patrick Lane. I admit to not knowing anything about the NHL. So forgive me for not knowing my Finnish pronunciations. Uh, Eddie, on the heater side, I am going, I'm announcing one of the two that I have left for my bad quarterback overs. Uh, and I am going Colts Titans over 42.5 minus 110. Levis and Minshew are both absolutely frisky. I was really excited that they're playing each other this week on a relatively modest total at 42 and a half. Uh, nine out of 11 Colts games have been in the 40s, especially since Minshew has taken over. One of the misses was 39. I might have made this my cred pick if it wasn't my heater. So I know I need to come back after that crap fest of 12-10 on Monday night. But I think on Sunday, this one is going to cash. Uh, you're on hockey still, right? So who are you fading the Sharks with on Thursday night? So they are playing the Bruins. So we had the Bruins bet versus the Blue Jackets. Um, last episode of Trendy, the the Sharks are coming to town. <clears throat> Look, the Bruins, uh, I believe, lost three straight. Um, they only have four losses, four regulation losses on the season. The Boston Bruins only had, uh, what, 12 regulation losses all of last season. Again, I can't say how final that, that year was. They were great again this year. They had the number one uh, overall seed in points in the NHL until they just lost to the Rangers over the weekend. I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know how they dropped. You know, I get it. Losing games to the Red Wings, losing games to the Rangers. Totally understand that. Losing to the Blue Jackets is inexcusable. What would be even more inexcusable? 
inexcusable is dropping it to the actual worst team in the NHL, the San Jose Sharks. They're at home. They're going to get right. Um, Lane goal and a half. Like this team is just not built to lose that many games in a row. Um, they're they're on a mini skid here, but they will. This is a perfect way to kind of get out of that slump. This is a slump buster. Bruins laying the goal and a half at home. Um, I do expect a, a two plus goal victory by the Bruins here, and I expect the Sharks to barely score in this game. Yeah, you would expect both of those teams to revert to the mean after Monday night, and it's time to make our money back after losing it on Monday. Uh, where are you making some money on your credit pick, Eddie? So my credit pick, Rangers are playing tonight versus the Detroit Red Wings. Um, something easy here. The you know you're getting plus money on the leading goal scorer, uh, Chris Carter for the Rangers. Thirteen goals, seven on the power play. The Rangers are scoring a thirty percent clip on the power play. So if you get a goal from Chris Kreider, it's plus one sixteen. He's the guy that's always parking himself in front of the net on that PP one unit. So anything, any any kind of garbage goal in front of the net, he will put it home. Um, and I like him even on even strength as well, playing on that top line. So I think Chris Carter scores getting again plus money on the top goal scorer uh when a guy his job is to stand in front of the goalie and to screen the goalie and especially with how lethal the rangers are third in the league on the on the power play um i like it a lot tough matchup versus the Wings. i'm not going to go as far as to say the rangers will win this game or laying any goals tough tough matchup but they were rangers will score in this game i think credit is the guy who will score for them Shots fired at Henshin Damashek. You have all the confidence in the world when they play the Bruins and the Penguins, but not against the team tonight. So I like that. Uh, I am going with something I've just been hot at lately, Eddie. I just need a win here. And so I'm going back to something that I've uh, seemed to have a good eye for, which is NBA two-team parlays, Moneyline parlays. The teams I picked tonight are the Suns and the Sixers. You put those together and you are at plus 190. The Suns have been scary with Booker, at least in the regular season where games are more open. We'll see what happens when they have to get stops in the playoffs, but that's not what I'm gambling on tonight And because they get the Raptors coming off a back-to-back after have to play in these surprisingly intense tourney games and who had to travel back last night back to Toronto, giving them even less rest. Really like the Suns in that one. I'm a little more worried about the other side of it, but I'm not a believer in the Pelicans, um, especially after watching them lose twice in a row to Utah. And the Sixers really showed something in destroying the Lakers on Monday. They look like a new team after dumping Harden. They look like they could even be contenders with a little injury luck from them and some bad luck up in Boston. So I will take two contenders over two pretenders as I work to climb out of this hole. Yeah, I mean that's um that that's a good one there. Um I wish I could get more into the NBA, but I feel like that's something that's like once it's come Christmas time that I could kind of transition where I'm just focusing on the two sports, but um look, if, if again, if I I trust your NBA picks, if I didn't already uh tell that first bet, I, I might have been on this one too because obviously uh, I do know enough that the Suns and Sixers <laughs> are quite good. And I am tailing your hockey pick that's credibility, just like last time. It's a blind tail for me. If you give me hockey knowledge and you're willing to put up two units on it, I am certainly willing to risk one. See, Eddie, we can get along. We don't have to fight about everything. We seem to agree with all the picks that we made today. I just need to learn to not attack the things that you love. I'm, next show, I'm going to rank all the 20 worst Pearl Jam songs and make you react. That'll be fun. I could get into that. I mean, again, no, no contentions uh, whatsoever. I just, I just feel like uh, change for the sake of change may not always be the best thing. Yeah, well, let's hope that we feel the same way about this show because I do not want to change it. I enjoy doing it. Uh, let's go ahead and give our sponsors a little bit more love. Come back with our second guest express and get out of here. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, Eddie, I'll let you go first before. My second guest express is a little bit boring because I know you're going to agree with it since it's very similar to your uh, first pick today. I am going with a three-game SGP that is heavy on DAC. I'm just adjusting it down a little bit. So I'm taking Dak on two plus TDs, just like you did. I'm getting him on 225 on the passing yards instead of 275, just in case this game gets out of hand or there's a defensive score that changes the game script. And then I'm adding in Dallas over 27 and a half. I bought the hook here. 28 and a half is the line uh, because I expect Dallas to convert in the red zone and to get touchdowns. Crossing 28 was really valuable to me. So uh, Dak two-plus touchdowns will get him halfway to the number. 225 on the rushing yards carries up just about any game script. I think he's capable of doing that. And not having to pay for the hook and, and buying it through the SGP gets me to plus 126. I I would be with that 100%. Um, I, I do expect a boring blowout on Thursday night. Sorry, folks, if you're watching that game. Sorry, Seahawks fans, but I think this would be a one-sided Dallas big victory. Bet the over. Have a lot of fun. Bet the overs on everything. It, it'll it'll be a good one. Um, my second guest express, you did bring up the Washington Capitals. Um, they are in town. They're actually in my town right now, Los Angeles, playing the Kings. Um, I was going to go with the Kings laying the goal and a half over the capture, getting plus money, plus 122. The Kings this season have have been pretty good. I believe they're like seven points ahead of the caps um, in terms of points here there, you know, Cam Talbot's been a top three to five ish goaltender. I mean, he's uh, his goals against is slightly over two, which is third in the league. And he's second in save percentage uh, percentage with uh, uh 931 save percentage there. The Kings may not have a uh, top tier or a high end superstar, but they're a very deep team, a good defensive team. Um, that's why you can see the goaltender who's, you know, profiting off of how good the defense is. So they could roll out four lines and beat you every which way. Um, the caps are kind of a surprise and they're just hanging around when people thought they were going to kind of go in this rebuilding phase. So while I do think, think the Kings should win the game, laying the goal and a half. You just never know the team with Alex Ovechkin could get hot. He, uh, he may score uh, and, and ruin our bets we had before, but I think uh, if everything goes to plan, uh, the, the, the Kings should win this game by two goals. All right. Well, I'm blindly behind you, buddy, even though you are fading my local team here. Uh, here on our local network, we've had another great week of shows. You had sports come on minus three right earlier in the week, Eddie. Yep. And then uh, you guys wrapped up waiver wired. I haven't had a chance to listen to it quite yet. So what did you guys go over? Yeah, so uh, we uh, got into heavy Dak talk. Obviously, um, that was our breakout video about how he should be in the MVP race and how he's just playing so great as of late. Um, another big thing, obviously, was the firing of Frank Reich. Can Bryce Young turn around and who do you blame there? I think he's just in a bad situation. And we actually kind of said if CJ Stroud was in Carolina, it's probably the same scenario, even if you don't like the Bryce physical tools or whatever versus CJ Stroud. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor's thumb injury. You know, this is a bad time going into the, you know, the playoff stretch run here for fantasy for a guy who just comes back uh, not too long ago and now is out for probably two to four weeks again with a thumb injury. Not great there. So we kind of get into that. Jen gets out some waiver wire claims. And then obviously we get into listener questions at the end. So another great show. Awesome. 
Uh, we'll have a great show at Extra Points again today. And then we have, of course, the Hench edition of Minus 3 coming mm-hmm. tomorrow, which is always a highlight of the week, as well as the 15-minute pregame show dropping on Friday. Eddie and I will be back for the final round of our battle here on Trendy on Friday. And also, if you want to hear a lot about promotion and relegation, and not in the college world, but in the soccer world, where it belongs, according to Eddie, we'll have covered in glory coming up tomorrow night. Until that, we have the usual plethora of excellent sports here mid week the nba tournament i think has been a smash success and brought some people back into the sport who like eddie usually to start tuning in around christmas but i think over the couple of years people are gonna start tuning in earlier because the in the in-season tournament was really awesome um but in just the more high quality sports the more the athletes care the more they wanted to compete then we all are winners in that regard uh so enjoy all the action on tonight and thursday we will catch you on friday until then take care everyone Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.